The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. And we have a great program for you today. Today, we're talking about food and kitchens and cooking and fabulous recipes. And we're talking about the Culture Kitchen. In fact, the Modern Culture Kitchen. And that this book has been written by Ronnie Fine by that title, The Modern Kosher Kitchen. More than 125 inspired recipes for a new generation of kosher cooks. Let me tell you about Ronnie. Ronnie left a Wall Street law practice many years ago to become a freelance food and kitchen appliance writer and never look back. She currently writes regular features for the food sections of several daily newspapers, including the Connecticut Post, The Advocate, and The Greenwich Time. She blogs at RonnieFine.com, F-E-I-N.com, as well as other known Jewish and kosher websites. And she teaches uh, cooking at the Ronnie Fine School of Creative Cooking. She gives lectures and cooking demonstrations. And her magazine articles have appeared in many national magazines, including Newsday, Consumer Guide, Greenwich Magazine, so many. Welcome, Ronnie. Hi, thank you. Yeah, this is great. Glad to be on your show. Yeah, I'm excited. What made you, um, this is quite a change in career. I know it was a while ago, but um, why did you move from practicing law to writing these beautiful cookbooks? Well, um, it really was an easy transformation uh, for me. When you're an attorney, it requires a lot of time, and I I had a a young and growing family and aging parents, and I found that I couldn't do it all, and I know there's a lot of talk today about women doing it all, but I made a choice uh, to uh, compromise my time and do less work, make much less money being a food writer, and yet... I use the same approach that I used in my practice of law, the creative approach to figuring out a problem, to creating recipes. So I'm really doing the same thing. It's just I'm cooking food instead of um, making contracts or litigating an issue. Why do you call the book The Modern Kosher Kitchen, The Modern Day Makeover? What makes this modern and different? Okay, well, most of the time, I think when people think of kosher food, they think of um, Eastern European, German, Russian, Polish food that most Jewish people in uh, and kosher people in the United States of America have grown up with. This is what their grandmas made or their great-grandmas made. 
And I felt that there was a need for modernizing not those recipes, but for bringing kosher into the American culinary tradition. Because after all, most of our children and our grandchildren are four to five generations away from those Eastern European recipes, which, by the way, are quite wonderful, but it's not the way we eat today. And I felt that for a healthier approach, a, uh, a, a less fussy approach, a less time-consuming approach for the modern-day uh, uh, home cook who wants to keep kosher, um, it was important for me to keep up with what's happening with American cuisine. And mm. American cuisine has become so sophisticated in recent years with all of the new foods, and all the new approaches and culinary styles and fusion cooking. And why shouldn't we cook and have kosher recipes yeah, that are like that, too? I know, because if I look at the pictures, the book is absolutely beautiful. And it's um, full color Thank and you. beautiful, beautiful color recipes. But when I look through it, I could be looking through, you know, any cookbook. I don't mean any, but I mean, you're right. It does have a modern look. Um, and and it... it I mean, they're they're beautiful, but I think that the whole the whole point here is that you are using kosher ingredients. You're following the laws of not meeting of not mixing meat and dairy. You're following all that, and yet again, these recipes could be used by anybody. You don't have to be kosher. I think if you that's exactly right. I think if you took away the word kosher, you wouldn't. It wouldn't make a difference. It's right. these are all modern um, sort of Americans, except for the challah recipe. Uh, all the recipes are just what Americans eat today, and they just happen to follow the culinary um, kashrut diet rules. Yes, and so many of so the foods kosher, that people are buying are kosher with the U and the O around it. I mean, well, non-kosher and non-Jewish people buy those all the time. Uh, yeah, well, uh, there are so many products out on the market that people don't even realize are kosher. In right. fact, a lot of the supermarkets have no, no longer have what used to be called the kosher aisle because so many products are kosher. And um, it's because the manufacturers realize that young people today, men and women, want to cook quick and healthy, more vegetables, lighter foods, and they want to keep kosher. So the manufacturers have kept up with all of that need and come out with all of these new and wonderful products. Yeah. You know, for those people listening who may not be kosher, who may not be Jewish, explain kosher for our audience. Well, kosher is a big topic, uh, you can, and people have written volumes about it. Basically, the kosher means following the basic rules set forth in the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, mostly Leviticus. And there are certain key rules that every kosher person must follow. For example, um, certain animals are allowed to be eaten and certain aren't. Uh, basically, kosher people can't eat pork. They can't eat rabbits, certain other rodents, insects. Uh, the animals must uh, chew they're cut and have cloven hooves. Um, and the second rule is that all animals must be slaughtered in the most humane uh, manner possible. Uh, and this is done by um, a person who's called a shachet, 
who is uh, certified to kill the animals in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other rule is that you, we never mix meat with dairy. Um, most uh, vegetables are fine, but then you get into the nitty-gritty with different people in different denominations and sects following more mm-hmm. or less stringent rules. For example, I know that some kosher people will not eat Brussels sprouts because they might have insects in them, whereas some people who are a little less uh, stringent in their following of, of the kashrut will eat Brussels sprouts and, mm-hmm. and asparagus. Mm-hmm. Well, something you so, just said, well, I, I, go ahead, but then I want to follow up on that in terms of the upcoming Jewish holiday Passover, because there are certain Jewish people yeah. that will eat certain things that other Jewish people won't because of their, um, yes. where they were from, where they were from. Uh, yes. in, in the region well, of that's, Europe. That's a, that's a very, very big issue. Uh, and and if, uh, you know, I have a lot of kosher uh, colleagues who are uh, you know, blogging friends and some people who come from a Middle Eastern tradition mm. will eat what we call kidney oat, which are legumes and rice and um, things like cumin, which Ashkenazi, which is means Central European and Eastern European Jews do not. But remember, you asked me a question before about what kosher is, and kosher Mm. follows those basic rules that I mentioned that come from the Bible. But then through the ages, there have been traditions uh, which have come down from the rabbis for each of the different traditions. And People who, for example, have a Syrian heritage will eat rice on Passover, but people who are Russian or Polish will not. And those mm-hmm. rules are not as strict because they're not biblical. It's just that whatever, whatever denomination and sect uh, and tradition you happen to follow, you know, you follow the rules of that particular tradition. Okay. All right. Let's. We have a few minutes to break, and then we're going to come back. Tell us a few okay. of the recipes in your book that you think are really interesting, that may be updated and different, that you really love. Well, uh, I actually I shouldn't say this, but I love all of the recipes in the book. Um, but uh, for Passover, for example. Uh, one of my favorite things is instead of serving matzo ball soup and gefilte fish, although, as I said before, those are terrific. But if you want to make something a little different, the halibut chowder is a wonderful choice, and it combines soup and fish in one course. Mm, um, the, other thing I, I, the other thing I love for a Passover um, is the lamb, and this is a braised lamb and it has a little bit of chocolate in it to give it that just a little mm. bit of a tang it's not sweet uh, I use unsweetened chocolate but it gives it a little bit of a uh, of a tang you know but I have to tell you that, I have to, I, I, but I have to tell you it's interesting as you say that you know I kind of it, it kind of reminds me of you know at Thanksgiving you think turkey you know what you think cranberry mm-hmm. sauce so when you say right. you know instead of matzo ball soup we're going to do halibut I'm saying my brain's not computing that because to me the matzo ball soup is so traditional and so and and I look forward to it at Passover you know well you know some people have two seders and uh, it's nice if you do to have very traditional food for the first 
and not so traditional food for the second. The way I do it in my house is I serve a very traditional meal, but because I have a lot of people, I add extra food for the vegetarian, for the person who doesn't eat this thing or that thing. Uh, some, some people don't eat meat. Some people don't eat, you know, turkey. Some people don't eat lamb. Um, and I have a lot of different vegetable dishes, so I always add something. Uh, I have a lot of side dishes for my Passover menu. Just, you know, to mix it up a little and make it a little interesting. Also, lots of different desserts. And also, uh, you know, there are a lot of non-Jewish people that will go to Seder's. For different reasons, yes. but yes. so this is it's not, a, I mean, this is a Jewish holiday. Let's not make any, that this is a very important Jewish holiday. It's very historical. It was a turning point in Jewish history. It's very important for Jewish yes. people. But there are non-Jewish people that go to seders and have, the, and have had well, their, their know, own seders. Uh, we have neighbors who were Lutheran who always had a seder. And one of our local Presbyterian churches actually does a seder, and our synagogue, the synagogue I belong to, has an interfaith seder. So you're exactly right. It's uh, inviting somebody to your seder is a wonderful way to just celebrate the tradition of freedom, which everybody uh, should celebrate. Uh, this happens to be one of you know our m- most joyous celebrations of freedom, and of course, you know, food is food. It, it, it's uh, whether it's Jewish food or any other kind, you know, it, it's, uh, it's celebratory and having all these beautiful uh, dishes on your table is just an additional way to celebrate this holiday. Absolutely. We're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk to Ronnie Fine, the author of The Modern Kosher Kitchen, which is a new cookbook that gives the kosher kitchen a modern day makeover. And we'll talk about all oh, these wonderful recipes, blueberry soup, kale, avocado and farro salad with Marcona almonds. We'll talk about lamb burgers and pita with lemon tahini sauce and baby fudge cakes and all these wonderful delicacies and great foods. You're listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune into the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. And we are talking to Ronnie Fine, who is the author of Modern Kosher Kitchen, which is more than 125 inspired recipes for a new generation of kosher cooks. And Ronnie is a former Wall Street law practice attorney who became a freelance food writer. And she writes for many, many magazines, national as well as local. She is a board member and contributor to Jewish Women Magazine, and she contributes to the New Jewish Voice, a monthly newspaper. Uh, she also has other websites. Her work is on joyofkosher.com and koshereye.com and cabeller.com. And you can go to her website, ronniefine.com, R-O-N-N-I-E-F-E-I-N.com, where she blogs. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Ronnie. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, so I just want to finish up a little bit on Passover, which is coming up. So we're sure. talking about how, mm-hmm. you know, that Jews and non-Jews, although it is a very, very important and historic and turning point for Jews in our history, and a very, um, you know, one of the most important holidays that we have, uh, there are yes. non-Jews that also will celebrate it. Yes, and um, as I mentioned before, we have neighbors who are Lutheran who have a Seder, and I know a lot of people who invite non-Jewish people uh, to Seders. It's become, why not celebrate with everyone? It, uh, the Passover uh, Seder was, after all, the Last Supper. Jesus was in Nazareth with his followers to to have matzah and and uh, say the blessings over the wine, this mm-hmm. was the last summer uh, supper, and you know over the centuries as Christianity uh, uh, came and grew out of Judaism, some that tradition of following uh, the la- the last supper is uh, done in a different way in the in the Christian communities, but that's what it stems from. I mean, this is a celebration that everybody can understand because it celebrates freedom. And, Mm. you know, this is something that we are joyful about. Absolutely. And this book, as I said, this book, The Modern Kosher Kitchen, is is really, it's a beautiful picture book. And if you picked it up and you didn't have the word kosher in it, you, it, it, it's right, it looks like all the other kinds of food, except for what you yeah. said, that you're not mixing meat, right? You're not mixing meat and dairy. You will have no pork recipes or rabbit recipes or, you know, or no insects. Food. Yeah, you won't have any of no, that. Because no, that no, shelf. no shellfish. No yes. shellfish, right. That's another thing because right. that's considered right. a scavenger. So um, let's yes. talk some more about... You know what? Let's. Here's a great question for you, Ronnie. What is it you would like our listeners to know about your cookbook when they pick it up in their hands? What would you say to them? The first thing when they hold it in their hands and they're going to open it, what would you say? I would say that my recipes are accessible. Um, they are non-fussy. 
easy, simplified ways of cooking fresh, wholesome, healthy ingredients. Um, my recipes are never long. They're never involved. Most of them are a one-step process. I don't have, you know, a sauce and something to make with the sauce and then something bigger that includes the sauce and the meat. It, they're, they're very straightforward so that anybody who wants to cook, most of these recipes, even a novice, can go out and buy whatever's yeah, needed and, and, and cook yeah, it and, at home. And if you're vegetarian, I mean, now this, and this is a beautiful picture, roasted beet and squash salad with citrus and herbs. Beautiful. Here's one well, roasted you know, cauliflower serve- steaks. Beautiful. <laughs> You just mentioned my, one of my favorite recipes. The roasted cauliflower steak is one of my favorite recipes. Instead of crumbling up cauliflower into little bits, you know, or florets, you slice it so it looks like a steak. And then you just put a little dressing on it and roast it in the oven, and it's so beautiful. It's a wonderful idea for Passover. Anybody can do it. You can make it ahead. That's another thing about a lot of my recipes are all make-ahead um, because, you know, we're busy today. We want simple recipes, and that doesn't mean that I use packaged uh, goods. I use all fresh ingredients in my recipes. Yes. Um, just because it's simple doesn't mean that I'm taking shortcuts. This is all fresh food, easily made with, you know, fresh herbs and olive oil and a lot of healthy ingredients. Right. Now, what do you do? This uh, is something a lot of people don't know, is that uh, when uh, kosher people do not mix dairy, which is milk, right, and meat. So, therefore, if you had had a meat dish, meaning chicken, beef, if you had that kind of meal and you want to dessert, you would not have a cake that was made with cream or milk or butter. So what are the kinds of recipes that you have? Because sometimes you'll end up with recipes that have a lot of preservatives in them. So what are some of the things you can do if you're going to make a dessert that doesn't have dairy in it? Because many desserts do. Address that. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's not that hard because when you have a big Passover meal, it's nice to have a light fruit dessert anyway. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I suggest from my book is something called Orange Alaskas, which is basically a fruit in a cut-out orange with a little meringue on top. Uh, the other thing that I suggest uh, um, is roast, what I call roasted fruit cocktail, which just mm-hmm. means that I'm sugaring um, a few different fruits, throwing them in the oven, and letting them roast and then putting them together in a dish with uh, maybe a little orange juice. So desserts like that, which are light and very refreshing, are really nice after a Passover meal. But I also know that a lot of people like chocolate. And Mm -hmm. um, I am one to think that uh, some of these flourless chocolate cakes, you know, which we've served Mm -hmm. for ages and ages, you know, uh, are getting a little boring. My family said, oh, you know, same old, same old flourless chocolate cake. So I, I revolutionized that a little bit um, in a recipe called baby fudge cakes, which are mini chocolate uh, fudgy kind of yeah. cake. Yeah, nice pudding. picture I, of know, it, too. Sort nice of in picture between. in here. Yeah. yeah it's nice, a beautiful little picture. dish. Yeah. And it's not it's not too heavy, so it's nice mm-hmm. even after a big Passover meal. 
All right, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie, what about people who try to stay away from gluten, as I do? And, you know, at first I thought, oh, this is exciting, Passover, I don't have to worry about gluten. However, if you are using matzo mm-hmm. or matzo meal, that is from flour and wheat. Oh, yeah. So Even though they, it's unleavened, it's I, still... I, right. Right. Um, one of the things um, that I have is a, a, a lemon almond cake on my blog, which has been a favorite of mine. We do have some people uh, in my family who can't eat gluten, and I always make this Passover lemon almond cake, which they can find at RonnieFine.com. Um, but also uh, the uh, quinoa salad with fruits and nuts, uh, it also has a little mint and rosemary and ginger. As I mentioned, you know, I like to add uh, fresh um, herbs and spices, uh, things like ginger, just to perk things up. It doesn't take much effort at all, and uh, it makes everything, you know, sparkle a little and taste refreshing. So the quinoa salad is a good idea. Um, also, uh, stir-fried quinoa with mushrooms and uh, chard. Um, that is on my blog. Things like that uh, can be um, uh, uh, gluten-free. It's a little hard on Passover, but if you avoid the matzah uh, and use fresh fruits and uh, quinoa, um, also if you're from the Sephardic tradition, don't forget uh, beans are available. So it really depends on you know, which tradition you follow. Baked apples, that's another one. That's another dessert that's uh, gluten-free. It can be gluten-free. Roasted strawberry balsamic ice cream is gluten-free. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Is is that in the blog or is that in your your cookbook? No, that's uh, that's in the book. Roasted strawberry balsamic ice cream. And when it's not on Passover, I serve it with uh, the Mary Todd Lincoln court and cake. But on Passover, it's a nice dessert after a dairy meal. Or for mm. those people who are not strict kosher followers, um, you know, people do eat dairy a few hours after having a meat meal. And some people are a little less strict about it. And that's a nice uh, a gluten-free um, mm. dessert, too. Yeah. My grandma's compote. Yes, I see it. Another. I see it right here. It's another. And you know, you don't have to. You don't have to add uh, macaroons. So, so these are wonderful. I really suggest folks should go out and get this wonderful book, The Modern Kosher Kitchen, whether you're kosher or not. Ronnie, tell us about your school and how people can find out about you, or study with you, or get more information. Well, the information about me and my blog and my school and everything, cookbooks, um, is on my blog, RonnieFine.com. Um, I teach lessons that are uh, specific to my students. I don't teach classes that are uh, that that are for 12 or more people that are scheduled. People will call me and say, you know, I want to learn about a Passover menu, or I want to learn how to bake pie, or I want to learn a spring dinner. Can you help me? And I will tailor make a a course for them. Uh, The course is anywhere from two and a half to three hours. We usually do four to five recipes, and the fee is based uh, not per person but per class, 
depending on what we cook, and it can be shared by as many as four people. Mm. And uh, to uh, schedule a class, just contact me on my blog or my email, which is ronniezfine at optonline.net. Wonderful. Ron, say that again for, for folks. It's Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, V is in Victor, F-E-I-N, at optonline.net to ask me about classes. And I also do cooking demonstrations for uh, organizations, synagogues, uh, historical societies, what have you. I've done cooking demonstrations lots of places. And, of course, those are for bigger audiences. So if you have a group of people uh, in your synagogue or in your your organization and they want to have a, a demo of, let's say, Passover, I'm doing a Passover demo in two weeks, um, if they want to have a, a a demo of Rosh Hashanah foods or spring foods or you know anything, I will do that for a group. All right, thank you so much, Ronnie. And again, your website is RonnieFine dot com, and right. it's F as in Frank E I N. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Ronnie Fine, the author well, of Modern Kitchen. Thank you for having Kitchen. me. All right. Great. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, folks, stay tuned. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the money anxiety cure with uh, Karosh Osatarari. Stay tuned. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 